Happy Friday, Arthur. Uh, hi, happy Friday. Uh, Fridays are always happy, right? <laughs> well, we say that every week, but I think it should be happy every day rather than just happy Monday, happy Friday. It can be happy Tuesday, happy Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, happy every yeah, day. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I, I love there's a thing called uh, the Centre for Optimism, and, and I think <laughs> you must be a, a natural member of the Centre for Optimism. <laughs> Victor Pertner's stuff is fantastic, and uh, yes, thank um, you. that looking at every day as a positive is, is really good. Yeah, yeah. That is very true. And I think instead of focusing on which day of the week it was, it's just more like, oh, so this is another day that I have. What should I do? And it's really fun. Uh, but sometimes when I go to work and not go to nowadays, but you know, when, when we start work and we talk to each other, we always say happy Friday because it's kind of like a milestone in the week when we've achieved all the stuff that we set out to do and good time to relax. So yeah. Um, now, I want to ask you a lot of questions, but because I've known you for a while now, so these questions might be funny when, you, when I ask them. Normally, I ask these questions when I just met somebody and, and they agree to join the podcast, but I've, I have not asked you these questions, so I hope they're going to be fun for you to answer. I know that you have, um, I think... Uh, you have this really interesting conversation with your daughter about she she was saying that you should retire and this is not retiring um and i want to dig deeper into that and i want to ask you if you were at a dinner party with friends family and your daughter was there and then somebody new to the party were to ask her about you what would she say Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's a good question. Uh, she'd probably say that, uh, well, he's reduced the amount of time that he spends working to about 40 hours a week. <laughs> um, uh, to me, retirement is a, is a freeing yourself from the frameworks and the expectations of others. Uh, does that mean you do nothing? Well, of course not. You know, um, you were probably busier now than I'm not engaged in some sort of full-time work mm. although i haven't been engaged working for uh, a boss or in an organization for over a decade now. Mm. i jump between different organizations and do little bits here and there but i get to choose who i work with which is a really really mm. nice luxury to have yeah that's awesome and i think that's really that's such a nice concept to have because i think traditionally from from my perspective and from the people around me especially in a, an Asian country, they always have this um, way of thinking that retirement means doing nothing. And retirement means that you're done with all kinds of organizations and now you're just at home and doing stuff around the house and probably just engage more in social life and definitely different from what you just said. So I think it's a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. Um, the world is a very different place, and I think we're going to get more and more of this uh, networked, project-based uh, work. Um, you know, the idea of, you know, I, I, I spent uh, uh, 18 and a half years working in one organisation. But every couple of years, I was doing a different role and often in a different country, and I worked in over those years on projects in about 12 different countries, uh, you know, from Asia to Europe to the uh, US. So you 
I was already already working within an organization, like almost like a network or an ecosystem. But what we're finding going forward is a lot of people are um, working outside organizations as contractors, working from project to project, from organization to organization. Uh, and, and that's a very, very different kind of world than what we have now. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that we're going to have to take some time, think about it and especially in Asian countries, it's going to take more time for people to actually realize that this is the way that you can shape your career and your life in general, because it's just really different there. And it's, it's good to learn from your perspective, because you've, uh, you've been through this kind of a new journey compared to other people. And I find that really interesting. But I, I find it also really inspiring that you're this committed and this inspired to keep going with the work that you do even now that you know you're i think you're more than capable of retiring fully and you just enjoy life um i don't know what that means to you enjoying life but to a lot of people it means doing nothing no work related stuff but i find it really inspiring that you are still committed to the field and you're you're still doing stuff every single day and I, and I find that you enjoy it, truly. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, everyone is different, right? And, that, and that's a fantastic thing about the world, you know. I mean, uh, you know, going back in history, you know, a lot of societies were about making everyone the same. You know, you will follow these rules. These are our beliefs and our values. And, you know, sort of shuffling everyone in. If you didn't fit the mold, you were rejected or put in, in jail or treated as a social outcast or, or whatever because yeah. you're not like us. Yeah. And, and, and I think one of the beautiful things about the modern world is, uh, well, at least the open-minded people mm. uh, um, are, are a lot more, oh, you're different to me. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, you know, it's not about looking at someone who's different as, as saying, well, okay, therefore you fit that box therefore they're the kinds of things that you'll get or won't get and you know to me probably even when i first joined the workforce you know the the normal thing to do uh in in australian society and in many societies was to get a job work your way up the hierarchy sort of you know become the boss or, or or sort of you know hit your sort of glass ceiling wherever that was depending on how you are perceived by, you know, the organisation or, or society. Yeah. Um, but but now it's like okay, the world is not so much a hierarchical uh, um, structure. It's a it's it's a it's more like a, an ecosystem. At least this is the way I see it. You know, it's, it's more like a natural ecosystem where everything is a place and things fit and you know they find a role and a and a, and a niche or an eco part of that ecosystem where they actually contribute to the ecosystem and they get benefit from the system, the system gets benefit from them. Yeah. And and I think this, this idea of, you know, bringing in, you know, a relevant contractor, a person with particular knowledge or expertise uh, to fulfill that, and then you don't need that anymore. But a lot of people see that as a negative and they say, oh, but, you know, the organisation isn't making a commitment to me, mm. uh, you know, as if you're losing something. Yeah, but you can say, yeah, but you, you're not 
committed to work your way through all of that hierarchy and get to a job that perhaps you don't even want anyway in order to get the money. You know, it's you can you can be this uh, freer agent working through the mm. system, making contributions to many places. To me, retirement is about helping young people. No, that's uh, sweet. Uh, you know, it's, it's, if I can share everything that I've learned with young people, not to say you're wrong and I'm right, to say, hey, think about this, think about that, think about that. And maybe some of these things will work for you and maybe some won't. Yeah. Some won't. And, and, and that's a really good thing. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. I think sharing is such a powerful thing to do. And a lot of the times I've heard this in many, many conversations. And some of them actually happen on this podcast. I've heard that sometimes people are so caught up in hoarding knowledge and i i find that really interesting to hear the first time i heard it but it's actually a thing and and when you think about how some people just want to share and and other people just want to hoard those knowledge to themselves it's so interesting yeah it's it's a it's a very common issue because People's sense of worth is is um, re- really important, um, and a lot of people have a sense of worth uh, um, that is about them and their knowledge. Because if, if you look at particularly the Western world, if if you look at the world, uh, um, it's about well, this is what I have. This is you know my value. Um, and you have to pay me for that value. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, it's whether it's my IP, my experience, my knowledge, my, whatever, you get paid for that. And if I've got this and it, it's valued by others, then what, what happens if you, that's your contribution. And the more knowledge that you have of a particular thing, you're, the more you're paid as an export, therefore the more money you can, uh, you, you can get. Yeah. The alternative, the alternative to that hierarchy is, is this ecosystem where, you know, you are deeply respected and valued uh, uh, for what you know, and that is actively shared, which amplifies the amount of value that you can create. Mm. But some people feel that it opens them to risk of being taken advantage of. You know, if I share what I've got with you and then you go and on sell it for a lot of money or whatever, or you take the credit for it, then you get an enormous amount of value and you're taking advantage of me. And, you know, it's, it's all about the, the trust in the, in the ecosystem that makes a difference. And in project teams in particular, that's really important. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's so true. I think we, we're kind of, we're touching on something really important here. And you were saying earlier that knowledge succession in projects, the intangible stuff is really crucial now. And something that's something that we, we should all realize because a lot of things are now project-based. And I find that really interesting. It's also related to what you were talking about earlier in a way, because I feel like it's always about sharing and passing on that knowledge. If you keep hoarding stuff and keeping it to yourself, or if you don't get the chance to share it, then it's really dangerous. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the, the important thing here uh, is the faster the knowledge flows, in teams, in projects, in organisations, between nations, um, 
the more informed everyone is and therefore the better the decisions are made, therefore the outcomes are better, you know, if you follow that logic. Uh, which if you take the reverse of that logic, the less the knowledge flows, there's less informed decisions. Yeah. Um, which means you're probably making suboptimal decisions uh, and when things start to go wrong, it undermines trust, therefore people share less. You know, so you end up in this, you know, this, this state of conflict and, and uh, uh, suboptimal performance. Not necessarily a complete disaster. But if only we had known that earlier, we could have done so much better. You yeah. know, it's, a, it's a very sort of, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very common sort of uh, issue that, 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 that's going on. The idea with knowledge succession is you get the knowledge flowing faster. So what you're doing is you're starting provocative conversations to build trust and relationships. And if you can build those trust and relationships, what happens is you accelerate the, the learning in the project. See, I, I think the big mistake that we've made in the past is that projects are always seen. Uh, the, the value of projects is always seen for the thing that they produce, the bridge or the building or the upgraded system or the, uh, you know, the, the new road or, you know, whatever the tangible physical thing uh, that come out of it. The app is the modern one, right? Everything is an app. Uh, and, and they see it for the app itself. But, but actually, there's far more value in what we do. Uh, um, in the intangibles, the relationships, the learning, the capability that we've built, the opportunities that it's done, the, um, the exposure to new mindsets and diversity of options. These are the things that are really powerful. They're very difficult to measure, so they don't get much attention. Yeah. But actually, they're far more valuable uh, to everyone involved. Uh, big data is, is a good example. Mm. You know, Originally, people would make an app and sell it. But actually, now a lot of apps are given away because they realise that the chatter that's going on and the, the learning about the people, there's a huge amount of value in that. Okay, then they're leveraging your data by giving you a free app and maybe that's not fair. Mm. You know, so we've got to watch the privacy things here. But there's so much more value than to make something and sell it. Yeah. It's about the relationships, about what we learn about each other and then, of course, how we use that. So if we can set up an environment where the knowledge flows, we can learn about, you know, who's doing what and why and, and, and how they're going about that. And then, you know, making decisions about how, when and where to use that knowledge, you know, is, is so easy. But too many projects in the past were set up and talking about, well, how, when and where should we act? Not about why and who are we going to get involved, you know. Yes. But so if you do that, you know, going back to Simon Sinek, you know, that, that you know, start with why, that's true. Mm. But, you know, you don't go from why to what and how, you go from why to who in order to determine what and those conversations are really important and when you do that what you can do is lead an inclusive in environment that you know sort of stimulates a whole co-creation of new knowledge so you learn as you go and this is why agile project management has become so important because the iterative cycles yeah so you know there's a whole new way of thinking mm. yeah absolutely and i find that we always change and challenge the way that we think even with what we're talking about today probably a, a couple of months or years from now it will also be challenged and changed and that's the beauty of it and i also chatted to a friend and we were talking about project management um not that we talk about project management all the time but we happen to talk about project management and we were saying that agile project management is 
the new thing, but it's not necessarily the thing because it's gonna keep changing. And we're gonna keep learning the way that we share knowledge, especially in the digital age. We are now dealing with a lot of screens, especially this time. And I don't know how we're gonna capture that knowledge. Um, and I do know that a lot of companies and projects, we always have this sort of debrief, close out um, meetings and everything around that. But I just wonder what's gonna change in a couple of years now that we're kind of virtualizing everything. And I don't know about you, but to me personally, I feel that it's really different compared to when you have the in-person kind of debrief compared to when you have that virtual debrief meeting. It just feels really different. No, you're 100%. There's a couple of really important points that you're making there. Um, humans are social creatures and you know we have evolved in a way where relationship a sense of identity and belonging is really important yeah um you know that that sense of connection oh i i'm talking to you because you know i like you i can relate to your values i like the fact that you're sharing uh, i'm not going to talk to that person over there because they're different in some way and mm. richard crisp wrote a book around you know social psychology a number of years ago and Mm. about you know sort of outsiders and insiders are you yeah. part of us or are you part of them um and and you see this in teams you know well you know we're the we're the marketing team and you know we, we don't like the finance team and yeah the, the finance team don't like the operations team and you know <laughs> and it, it's it's when we can see the differences between the team is all contributing another cog to the overall system yeah. that we're a lot better off but you know the point that you talk about you know capture of knowledge is is important you know a couple of years ago, I was speaking at, a, at an event in Singapore and uh, um, I talk about, you know, you're all trying to capture knowledge. What, is it a prisoner? You need to lock it up and, <laughs> and put it under... Right? And, 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 you know, it, it's, it's, it, you should be freeing it, not locking it up. You know, <laughs> you know sort of, where it go? You know, and, and yeah. it's, it's not like a criminal that, that needs to be locked away so that they're doing harm. It's, it's knowledge... Well, okay, some knowledge. If you had knowledge of how to make a nuclear bomb, I mean, maybe you don't want to spread that all over the internet. <laughs> yeah. Right? So there's some knowledge that, that, that needs to be sort of protected. But mostly, you know, the more people that know what you know, the more value that can be created. Yeah. So you should be freeing it to, 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 to multiply and, and amplify what we can do. Yeah. But to, but to come back uh, to, to another point there, um, you're right in that the practice of project changing dramatically um, and even you know like when I first entered the workforce which is not all that long ago uh, um, 30 years perhaps the the um, the practice of knowledge management was pretty in, in, uh, immature the practice of knowledge management is still fairly immature yeah uh, um, particularly across organizations the project management has really matured a lot uh, um, but what I would say is that the practices get better. The, the way software is developed now is in uh, iterative, you know, sort of uh, design thinking, agile, uh, uh, miniature cycles, you know, where they're updating, and you, 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 your apps update every couple of nights, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, whereas, you know, IT, um, you know, if there was going to be an upgrade to a system, 
it was a massive thing. It would take 12 months and millions of dollars. And, you know, now it's happening every five minutes without you thinking about it. Yeah. So, you know, projects. And each of those is a project in an ongoing program of work. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we're, and like life is a program. And, yeah. you know, your, your education, your childhood, your adolescence, they're all, they're all sort of uh, uh, mini programs in their own right. And within them, there are projects, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you're doing a degree is is a program of work broken down into miniature projects which are semesters of of, of learning yeah so you know it, it's it's everything is, is like that now but what i would say is the practices have changed the technology has changed but the principles haven't people are still social creatures who want to interact and, and yeah. this is the thing that's going to be a major evolution through the virtual world i think and and this is where we've got to learn how to socialize and connect mm. through technology better than we can do now. It will come. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 like anything. Like when electricity was first introduced uh, into society, there were a lot of people that were very afraid of it. Now people don't even think about it. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, when the internet first came, there were a lot of people very afraid of it. And of course, there are dark places on the internet just as electricity can kill you yeah but we we, we kind of embed it into the way that we operate mm. uh and we embed it into our into our projects socialization is being done differently already this week i, I i've done uh, a whole bunch of things sitting right here in this room um last uh, earlier i was talking to russia i've been talking to singapore i've been talking to people in the u.s you know and, and now it's all just done from your room and we get used to it yeah it's now the new one but it's not the same sort of connection that we always had we're not going to go back to how it was yeah we're going forward mm. to a better future if, if we adapt yeah definitely and i also find that this time is challenging but also liberating because a lot of the things that we used to do before we just kept thinking oh, we got to find a time and a place and we got to meet and, you know, and people would go crazy thinking about, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to jump from this meeting to the other one? And how's this traffic going to be? And then I have that dinner party afterwards. I'm going to have to just leave and couldn't have that enough time to hang with people. And I think it happens everywhere now that because we're virtualizing everything, it's quite easy for us to find a time and it, yeah. it used to be it used to seem like something just really challenging before but now because we have this tool that we just didn't really utilize and of course we still prefer that human to human connection and meeting in person is definitely really different but we should also be agile with our life and the way that we interact with others not just at work I find that sometimes this happens that oh, let's schedule a hangout or a catch-up. And then one person would go, oh, sorry, something came up. I won't be able to make it in time. And then that's the end of the story. But now, if you want to catch up with anyone, you can just schedule a Zoom call, as funny yeah. as it sounds. And it solves a lot of society problem. And I feel like that applies, when, when we think about work, that applies to a lot of aspects. And I find that... To me now, working from home is not the worst thing in the world because I do love socializing with my colleagues, but at the same token, it's kind of hard to manage that social interactions and a million tasks going on, especially on the days that you just cannot spare a minute. You just have to focus. And 
having that liberty of oh you know let's just catch up online I'll see you online whenever or I'll, I'll just give you a call whenever because we're connected twenty four seven. Of course, it has its, its challenge, but it's so much easier for us to manage our time and the way we carry out the task, and it helps us to become more efficient in a lot of ways. Absolutely, and and I think you know this is part of the evolution of humanity. You know, and and, and some people are really going to fight against it. And uh, um, you know, I have uh, I have a brother yeah. who has never owned a mobile phone uh, wow. and still actually still has a passbook for his bank. So like a physical book that gets rubber stamped with the money in it. Because uh, now you say, oh my God, what a Luddite. But he was one of the best programmers mm. for the Australian He knows the systems and he knows the fallibility of the systems. And at least if he's got a stamped book that says, you know, this is how much money is in your bank account, you know, if the whole system fell over, I mean, who knows who's got what? I mean, do you know what's in your bank at the moment? No, you'd go on and look at the app on the phone to see, you know, and you say, oh, I thought it was more than that. You know, but he's got written proof, right? Yeah. Uh, authorised written proof. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's some people that will adapt and, and others that won't. Um, but, you know, that's the importance of trust in the system. You know, mm. you, do you trust your bank? Do you, who, who do you trust? Who don't you trust? Mm. Um, do you trust your superannuation account? Uh, a lot of people don't, right? <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. So, you know, but, but the, 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 this is why the principles are important uh, rather than the practices. All the international standards, the ISO standards now, are principles-based, not process-based. International standards used to be process-based. This is how you do it. Yeah. But actually, to, these are the principles mm. that you should be applying and you should, you should be able to demonstrate that you're complying with these principles. Yeah. Now, how you do that is up to you because how you do it changed since yesterday because some app was updated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so that, that's why, you know, and in principle, humans still like to connect. But what we're doing in practice is finding alternative ways to connect, like podcasts, like you know, sort of video calls. Um, phone calls were good, but video calls are better because at least we can see the body language, you know, we get yeah. a better sense of the tone, you know, uh, we can still read the facial uh, expressions that go, and then we misread each other less. But even 10 years ago, um, the, the broadband network wasn't up to good quality video conferencing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now it is. Yeah. Mostly. Places that still don't have electricity, I might point out. <laughs> Yes, totally, totally, yeah. Yeah. And how privileged it is that we can do this right here, right now. I just think that this is amazing, that the very fact that you can create a podcast or have a good conversation, like a real catch-up, at your own home, whenever, wherever, it's really amazing. And when you talk about that, I also think about the word in general is not just work that we're talking about here, but it's also other aspects. Like we were discussing earlier, there are a million ways that you can do something. So the agile word here becomes really interesting because you can also be agile with the way that you design your life, your every day. There are certain things that you can do in person, but if you prefer to do that online, you can do it and vice versa. You don't have to stick to a certain way of doing things. And I have also had this really interesting conversation with one of my friends because she said her work used to ask them to come to the office all the time and there's no exception they cannot work from home even though technically her work 
is something that she can just work from home. She can just do it anywhere, anytime, as, lo- as long as she has a laptop and good internet connection. But then because of COVID, now everyone is working from home and then the organization now realizes that, oh, they can actually do this. They're still efficient. They're still delivering what they need to deliver. Projects are still done. So now it's actually not that bad what is happening in the way that it's changing the world and it kind of pushes us towards a more flexible, agile world. Um, I know that it's not really comfortable uh, when you think about all the cases, all the people suffering and all the things that have been stopped. But on the other hand, I find this in a way liberating and it's interesting for a lot of people to just realize that this time is helping them in getting to they wanted, where they wanted to be in terms of having flexible working hours and working conditions. 100% right. Um, if, if you look at it, probably most people who live in major cities are looking at, you know, uh, an hour's commute each way per day. Yeah. So you take, you know, two hours out of 24, which, you know, about 8% of your time is, is, you know, sitting in some form of ideally public transport. But the problem with public transport, of course, is, you know, you're exposed to uh, colds and flus and COVID and, you know, it, it's a risk, right? Yeah. So, and, okay, people try to make the best of that. Once upon a time, they would read a book. Now they're sort of, I, I watch the people on trains. And <laughs> yeah, me too. Looking at my mobile phone, right? Uh, um, now, some of them are probably, you know, playing, you know, Candy Crush or something. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and some of them, are listening to podcasts like like this one yeah you know, sort of update some of them are uh reading books uh in a, a an electronic device uh, because they can get a thousand books on a phone whereas they could really only carry one or two yeah um and the, the the thing here is that this this whole shift from the hierarchy to the ecosystem is something that you know uh, i did 20 years ago but society has now suddenly realized we've been all so stuck in the pattern. This is the expectation of society. I get up, I get a job, I go for a career. You know, I have some kids along the way, I pay lots of bills, you know, and then I tr- then I try and retire and hopefully I've got a, enough to see me through. <laughs> yeah. you know, but, 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 but that just isn't the reality of, of, yeah. of the modern world, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, if it, the hierarchy is about controlling you as a resource in order to get the most from you and that can be a good thing for you if you go through the hierarchy but you know this whole thing of you know shifting to a trusted ecosystem uh you know i know i know people that like well me for for a start but other people that completely run their business from at home you know and they're out uh, um you know doing the gardening with with a couple of young children uh and the children are learning uh where real food comes from you know what is it what do you mean? Milk doesn't come from a bottle, and food, uh, and and uh, you know, sort of a, a tomato doesn't come in a plastic bottle, in a plastic <laughs> bag. You know, yeah. um, you know, they're learning about you know, sort of uh, life and 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 living differently, and I, and I think that's a good thing. So, I'm sure there's going to be a huge uh, uh, resistance to going back to normal. Yeah. You know, uh, there, you know, there's uh, some people say, well. Why should I spend 
two hours a day exposing myself to coughing and sneezing in a crowded place uh, when I can actually have those two hours uh, with my children and still do uh, my work. In particular, I noticed there was one of the big uh, insurance companies uh, are now running a series of television ads mm. around people working from home for their call centre people. Why does a call centre have to go to a building? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, it's just ridiculous. And, and that's the good thing about technology and the yeah. real world. Absolutely. So this is a huge opportunity for us to shift, mm. to shift our behavior. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it has a lot to do with trust because I think yeah. what happened in the past was organizations just didn't have enough trust to let their employees work from home. But now, because they simply have, they've learned to not care about the process and again, just care about the principles, yeah. It doesn't matter how things are done as long as they are done. So there's that level of trust between them. How you measure things significantly influences what happens. So you think about it. Most of us are measured and paid based on the number of hours we theoretically spend at work. So, So a really good person will come and do their work very efficiently and go home. Uh, a, uh, a really overly passionate person will come in and, uh, and invest way more hours uh, than what they're paid for, you know, because it's uh, it's it's their passion. Um, but there will always be elements of society that you know sort of uh, turn up uh, to work eight hours a day, spend spend waste uh, a lot of that time, you know, playing around on social media or or wandering around, you know, sort of uh, uh, dodging being controlled. Yeah. Um, or proactively saying, there's nothing you can do to control me because, you know, of whatever reason, you know. And the problem is the tail wags the dog. The systems in traditional organisations are about making sure that the minimum uh, bottom line actually delivers some value so all of these controls are put in place and then the person who would passionately go to work you know for way more time gets really annoyed Mm. and you you create this this poor culture where the people who are really passionate get sick of being controlled yeah and is what do you mean i have to come to work today or or what do you mean i can't go home and pick up my kid from school i've already done way more work than fred or mary or whoever else around the corner anyway and, you know, why don't you tell them what to do instead of me? Yeah. You know, so your good people get annoyed and your uh, um, less productive people, uh, uh, you know, control the system. And, and it just, just doesn't work. Yeah. But in a, in a, in a trusted ecosystem, uh, those people are very visible, very visible. And, you know, the respect goes to the people who are really contributing. The trust, uh, the, the good work goes to the people who are really contributing. Uh, and and that trusted ecosystem is far more powerful. Yeah, that's really powerful. Same in, a, same in a project team, right? Yeah, uh, totally. Every every student who's ever done a team project <laughs> knows that you know they, 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 who they have to carry and who's going to do the work, right? Uh, um, so this this new system enables people to select which teams they work in and 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 how they learn and with whom they learn. And, you know, the, the, the poor ones who think they're going to get carried by the others suddenly all end up in the leftover group and wonder why they're not learning. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's a really fun message for everyone, not just students. I think it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's learning, studying, it's life, it's also work. Yep. 
in a nutshell, yep. is everything. Trust needs to be present in everything we do. Yeah, uh, and, and, and that's, see, my fundamental mindset was described in that statement. To me, trust, learning, relationships, socializing, work, contributing, doing projects, it's, it's, it's all the same thing. They're all elements of a balanced lifestyle. And that's why, you know, I can sit here and say, well, I'm retired and I'll choose whichever project. <laughs> I believe, um, you know, that's not lucky. That's actually using those principles and the interdependence of, you know, balancing things well enables you to get to a point where you can make choices. Mm-hmm. You can choose how to behave, with whom you I- interact, um, rather than being in a controlled uh, uh, environment where, you know, you just have to do what you're told. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, you're really lucky and privileged to have that. Well, it didn't happen by accident. It took yeah, 30 years of hard And making choices based on those things, um, you know, who I am going to work with and why. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I love that. Mm-hmm.